Welcome to episode 193 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. And I'm Chris Lord from the year 2053. I just want to let you know the guilt of skipping those last two weeks of podcast has haunted me for years. It weighs on my mind, dragging me down during the day and fueling my nightmares. Finally, to ease my conscience, I built a time machine and traveled back to 2021 to undo my mistake. Before I complete my mission, though, I somehow changed the future, and I no longer invented time travel. So now I'm just stuck here with no way home, and my very existence creates a paradox that can unravel the universe as we know it. We're all doomed. Okay. Thank you, old Chris. Don't call me old Chris, you little punk. That's fine. You know what? Here's here's new. We're gonna we're, come on. Come with me. Come on. We're just we're just gonna go out. Just go over here. We're gonna put on Casablanca. Oh, what? That's my favorite movie. I know. Just come on. I'll pour you a bourbon. Off we go. Okay. You good? You good? Okay. All right. Okay, fine. Yeah. <sighs> okay, all right. Uh, sorry about that, everyone. Uh, he's been a real pain in the ass the last two weeks. Uh, if you think I'm bitter and curmudgeonly now, uh, just wait for the future. Uh, but, uh, you know, before the world is destroyed by a time travel paradox, or before I let's be honest, have to go kill him to try and save the universe. Uh, let's get into our Justice League Unlimited season one finale, the once in future things, part one and two. And I'm Cameron Dexter. <laughs> if I could get a time machine and go back to 2016 and just stop this podcast from happening, it's it's a possibility. I, I think you should, honestly. You should probably go back and do that. Um, uh, also, Cameron, you, you remind me of something today that I completely forgotten. Happy Potiversary. <laughs> Happy Potiversary. <laughs> I mean, future Chris came back to celebrate. He did. He did. But he celebrated too hard. And uh, now he just like passes out in fitful rage on my couch. That sounds like like a Chris move. That do that does sound like where my future is inevitably headed. But, yeah. Um, but I, I, I really am. I'm, I'm probably going to have to kill him to save the universe. For like a looper thing? Or is yeah. it just for like a... I just mean, it's like a paradox. Yeah. You know, as you've seen, those things get really messy at times. So. Yeah. You have a neighbor with telekinesis that just exactly. is not really important anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's going to pop up randomly, so. Um, but yeah, you know, I should probably stop admitting to a future temporal homicide on the show. But uh, yes, happy Potiversary. Happy Potiversary. It's been five years. Five years. That's nuts. Yeah. That is absolutely nuts. Um, yeah. And uh, we, like I said, we did not intend to take two weeks off. Um, I, I had to deal with temporal anomaly chris lord it was chronos's fault it was it was all chronos's fault uh but uh, it was super fun to get back in these episodes which again i, I think with pretty much everything else is something that i have not watched since they aired 20 some odd years ago um and they're still super fun although i will say this not this is not a criticism at all of the episodes but in the the busyness around the last few weeks i've been trying to like find little pockets and actually watch these every time i sit down to watch them i fall asleep <laughs> so I think I rewatched the first episode three times and okay. the second episode four times wow. before I finally made it all the way through. Okay. <laughs> it's like I, I sit down on my couch. I, like, okay. It, it's here. Here's the trick. I can't nap. Right. Unless I put on something I know I need to watch or I know I, know I want to watch. If I put on something just to fall asleep to, it won't happen. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. There, there has to be some sort of like willful intent there that then my body wants to fight against that. Got it. Because I hate myself. Yeah. Especially after having to deal with myself in the future. That yeah. Self-sabotage. Self-sabotage. I'm, 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 I'm a full self-saboteur. <laughs> yeah. Understandable. The rage only continues to burn. Um, so it took me a long time to finally watch these. But I'm glad I did. They were fun. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, because it's, it's one of those, like, comfort moments. 
Yeah, I think like, that's it too. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, I'm someone who watches TV to fall asleep. Yeah, uh, for a nap or for permanent <laughs> to die. Yeah, just to never die. prepared to actually wake up again. <laughs> Wait, who's who's? It's not it's not Rumpelstiltskin. Who's the guy who just like falls asleep and sleeps for like a hundred years? Oh, Odin? I don't know. There's an old, there's like an old legend. It's, it's totally not coming to me. It'll, it'll hit me midway through the episode. Um, but yeah, fam- like a famous, like folk tale of someone who like sits down under a tree to take a nap and wakes up like a hundred years later. That is one of my biggest fears. You're just gonna sleep through everything. Yeah. Do you also not set alarms? Uh, I do, but I always wake up before them. Okay, because like I, I will set them if I know I need to wake up by a certain time, but otherwise I basically just trust my body to wake up by seven seven thirty, mm-hmm. which it mostly does. Sometimes not though. When I was in my old apartment, I was much better at it because okay. I would just kind of I would wake up with the sun because my room oh, was always right. so bright. Yeah. But now I have blackout curtains, and that <sighs> changed everything. It really it's, does. It's so hard to wake up with blackout curtains. Oh yeah. I know, because these are blackout curtains, too. Okay. Pretty much, yeah. And I get a little bit of light in the morning, but not, like, I, I'll i take, like, a full fucking blast of sunshine in the morning to wake me up. Yeah. Like, when I go stay with my folks, uh, they haven't put up curtains yet in the, like, the spare guest room, and I love it. So, it's, like, it's just morning. Big, bright fucking letters. Morning. Wake up. Yeah. Oh, it's glorious. I would, I would be okay with it when I'm home, except living in suburban Dallas, uh, everyone mows their lawn at 7 a.m. Oh, on the dot. No. If it's not the neighbor across from you, it's the diagonal neighbor. It's, there's one of them. They cover every day of the week. Right? Do you think they have a system they've worked out? They must. Yeah. Or they have the same guy, and he just has <laughs> he a different house every, every morning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good on them, though. <clears throat> no. No, it's not. Because 7 a.m. Dallas time is 5 a.m. L.A. time. Oh, that's no fun. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Cameron. And I'm still sleeping on L.A. time, so I'm not going to bed until, you know, 3 a.m. Dallas. Yeah. Maybe your future self will also invent time travel and come back and kill those people. I'm curious how future my future self is going to get. <laughs> we can ask. You want to ask future Chris? No. After the show? No, future Chris <laughs> can stay out there. You don't want to know more about your own future? No, I'm okay. <laughs> he hasn't told me anything useful, by the way. That's for the best. It, I mean, it probably is, but it's like, come on, man. At least give me like, give me some stock tips or something like that. You know, have us be successful in the future. Yeah, stock tip is don't invest. It's just going to crash. Don't, don't invest. <laughs> invest in a, a rural house. Yeah. And I was about to say somewhere in like the California Redwoods, but those will all be burned. So. I mean, you do own a plot of land in England. That's true. That's absolutely true. I can go retire to my square foot of land. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. One foot by one foot. All right, I'm gonna buy myself a kilt. Yep, and move to Scotland. There you go. UK, whatever. This sounds wait. This sounds perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's the ideal. Okay. Put on a fake Scottish accent the entire time. No, not that one. Mm, change my name to Scrooge McFuck. Yes. There we go. <laughs> You're hitting 75 percent so far. <laughs> I've already written a better future than what I'm facing currently, which is fantastic. But anywho, all of this aside, shall we? Finally get into our Shall we start? Here. Let's do it. All right. So like I said, we are covering the once and future things, part one and two. So starting off with part one, weird Western tales. Uh, and in this episode, David Clinton, a kind of crackpot, but also kind of genius physicist living in the future Gotham of Batman Beyond era, invents the chrono suit, a device that lets him travel through time. Worried that he might alter history, David only uses it to retrieve items from the past that won't go missing, much to the annoyance of his wife, who wants him to use it to obtain wealth. Uh, when David tries to steal Batman's utility belt from the Watchtower, he accidentally pulls Batman, Wonder Woman, and Green Lantern to 1872, 
where they team with a group of Old West lawmen to find Clinton and stop Tobias Manning, an outlaw who uses future tech to control a small town. Yes. Ooh. Exciting. Um, this is super fun. This was so much fun. I mean, it's it's the Old West Justice League. Yeah. Basically. Which is delightful. I mean, like, a lot... Okay, so, like, a lot of the setup there was kind of covered in the synopsis. I suppose, like, the one... There's one little beat we get at the very beginning of the episode where Batman and Green Lantern are having lunch together in the mess hall. Which... That alone feels weird. But they're eating in costume? Well, one, one okay, I can give that everyone's there eating in costume, which are all superheroes. It feels weird that Batman would sit and have a casual lunch with someone else at the Watchtower. I feel like he... I feel like he would have one day a week dedicated to the original members minus Flash. Okay, you know what? You're right, yeah. So he's going to have lunch with Superman at some point. Obviously, he has, you know, lunch, drinks, dinner with Diana all the time. Oh, it's he only does dinner yeah. with Diana, yeah. Uh, so he has a very uncomfortable brunch brunch with uh, Man, with Martian Manhunter, with John. Actually, it's probably his favorite one because neither of them talk. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just sit there quietly and eat. Uh, a day with Jon Stewart. Mm-hmm. I don't think he talks with Shayer yet. No. And because he's gauging that. So he always plans that the next week will be Shayer after John. Yeah. So we can gauge how John's feeling. Oh. And then if it's like, okay, you know, it's the bro move. It's exactly. Like, can I talk to your ex yet? Yeah. No. Okay. We're it's totally cool. And that's why he's asking like, oh, how are things with you and Shayera? Yeah. Because he wants to know. He wants to gauge that. Since, can I have brunch with her yet? Can we? Yeah. So what he doesn't know is Alfred's in his ear holding up his <laughs> calendar and he's waiting for the response. And if it's a no, he just crosses it out. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Alfred's in his ear uh, so he can just feed Bruce social cues because he wouldn't understand them otherwise. Oh, that too. <laughs> Do you remember the rumors from years ago about Johnny Depp just not learning his lines for one of the Pirates movies? Yeah. So he had an earpiece in? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. how Bruce is. So, tangent upon a tangent upon a tangent, but apparently along those lines in Superman the movie, uh, Marlon Brando refused to learn his lines, so they literally wrote them out on the baby that was sitting in the spaceship. Like, the baby actor playing baby Kal-El had Marlon Brando's lines written on them. I love that. Which is <laughs> just brilliant. That's, a, that's a, an extreme level of laziness that I, I kind of respect a little bit. I mean, there's the, the Blade one as well. What's the Blade uh, one again? Uh, Wesley Snipes refused to open his eyes for a scene. Oh, that's right. He was right. having a fight with the like the director or something. Oh, with David someone. Goyer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so they had to Photoshop open eyes onto him. <laughs> um, actors, man. Actors, man. Some of them were just fucking petty. Some of them were just the worst. But yeah, okay, I, I, I'll buy it. I can see where Bruce would make a little bit of effort to sit and have a meal. But like the the two things that are kind of brought up here is that one, Shayer's back. She's staying in the Watchtower now, and GL says, like, okay, we're good. We're just giving each other a space. And then he asks, wait, what's what's going on with you and Diana? And Bruce is like, oh, nothing. She's a respected colleague. And at that point, it's like, oh, she's right behind me, isn't she? Which is a cliche moment. Do you feel like they actually made it work in this episode or not? Of, of the cliches that we start this episode with, <laughs> this is one that I'm okay to pass. Did I miss all the other ones? Well, I love the cliche of, like, superpowered villains being bullied by their mother or spouse. Oh, okay. It's one of my favorite tropes. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Uh, and then leading up to the next moment you're about to talk about mm-hmm. is, can we have a time travel story if there is no, 
it's not where we are. It's the question isn't where oh, we are, it's when it's we are. When are we? Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's fair. Can we have a time travel story without that line? Is the question. No, I don't think we can. I don't think we can either. Yeah. Except for Back to the Future. <laughs> but even then, I think Doc says something along those lines in one of the three movies. I think Marty says it in the first movie. I, I seem to recall in my head, I hear Christopher Lloyd going, but the question is, when are we? That, yes. He did. I can't remember when he says that. Oh, I think he's trying to find his. Oh, no, it's, it is the first one. Okay. It's, it's when Einstein is the first test pilot. It's like, the question isn't where is Einstein? The question is, when is yes, he? There it is. Thank you. Yep. <clears throat> Boom. You're right. It had to be in there somewhere. Yeah. Okay. I, I retract my <laughs> statement. It is mandatory for all time travel stories. It absolutely is at all points. Yes. <laughs> That's a compilation someone needs to make begrudgingly. Uh, you, you can. I can't. <laughs> you could do it, Cameron. I have the technical skills. I don't have the mental fortitude. That's fair. Or the time. Or the time. Or the time. The question is, Cameron, when will you make it? <laughs> Okay, you're right. That, that is kind of like filled with a lot of little cliches there. I miss the other ones. But yeah, I it did that. How did you feel about that moment of the is she standing right behind me? Isn't she? I, I feel like I'm so numb to that trope at this point. OK, how do you feel about it? I, I it was kind of one of those where like what it happened. I was like, oh, I forgot that they did this. But I'm also like, well, but it kind of works. It's so it's so out of character for Batman that it almost kind of works because of that. Like it's it's an unexpected comedy beat from him. And I think it being unexpected from him makes it play well enough in the moment that I can kind of like give it a pass. Okay. Well, cause it's like with Batman, you have to have this thought of like, he always knows what's going on. He is always aware of his surroundings. Yeah. So he must know. And so he like, in my head, is he using this statement to like, push a narrative with diana oh i see of like are they in a fight right now and she's not talking to him he's like oh we're there's nothing but we're just colleagues yeah and he's like you fucking bitch i i could i could see him using that line as a way to like deliberately diffuse the tension before it happens because you're right he never does anything by accident right no one can sneak up on him maybe yeah. I don't know. It's kind of an odd moment. But um, then, like, the alarm goes off. They realize that uh, I guess he's I guess he's not yet Kronos yet. He doesn't really become Kronos, I guess, until the, the second part. But we'll we'll call him Kronos for the sake of simplicity. Yeah, it's easier. Um, he's there stealing Batman's belt. Now, I did pause it, and I looked at his list. As did I. One of them jumped out to me as being a little bit weird. Because you, you have the full list written down. Is it the, the third one? Is it M's dress? No. Which one? Is that a James Bond reference? I'll get to that. What's what's okay. the one you were wondering about? Uh, Washington's teeth. Oh, I did say what is it? Because <laughs> it was it was Washington's teeth. And then what was? Do you remember? It was uh, M's dress, Napoleon's vest. Which yeah. like that's fine. That's whatever. fine. Yeah. But Washington's teeth. Washington's teeth. I feel that's like so. How do you how do you accent? Because he says he only steals things that people won't miss. Yeah. How do you not miss your teeth? Is he taking the wooden ones, the the slave ones? <laughs> Or ooh, the real one, they yeah, rotted. That's ooh. There's no good answer. There's to that. no good answer. No, no, okay. Well, kind of along those lines. There's no. There's probably no good answer to the M's dress thing because I saw that. And me being me, being the Bond person, I'm like, oh, is this like a reference to M, as in Judy Dench from the Bond movies? Like, well, that's a fictional universe. 
I don't think that's what this is. It's a little bit odd. And then I did see a piece of trivia that um, theorizes. I don't know if this is confirmed anywhere. Theorizes that the M is short for Monica Lewinsky's dress. And that maybe they made that joke because this guy is David Clinton. So, like, maybe it, he could possibly have been descendant of Bill Clinton. And so that's why he wants the dress, I guess. If that is the case, and again, I don't know if this is actually true or not. If that is the case, that is really fucking weird. Yeah. For the time this episode came out, that joke, I think, would have already been old, but yeah. way more topical then than it is now. Yeah. And that that's the thing. It's like this would have been, because what was that, 97, 98? Yeah. I, was, I think 98. Yeah. It was somewhere around that time frame was the um was the impeachment thing so it's like it's been a while six years it's six years but i mean you know people people are still making jokes about that whole thing right so i don't know we get we have like fucking american crime story impeachment coming up soon it all comes back around again it, yeah although, although beanie feldstein's playing monica Lewinsky, which is kind of cool so we love her we do love her so mm. like all right i mean she stole some role from leah michelle recently really i don't remember what, what role it is funny girl is that a musical? Uh, yes. Some role that Lee Michelle was like set up for for years to play. Okay. And then it went to Benny Feinstein. Benny Feldstein. Benny Feldstein. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and whenever you searched Lee Michelle for like three days anywhere, it would come up with like, did you mean? Did you mean Benny Feldstein? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I do love that. But yeah, so they, so Wonder Woman, Batman, and Green Lantern follow through in, in the end of the past. So I, I have a question for you about what Green Lantern's ring can do. Sure. Because, <laughs> so I love that they go into the, they go into like the time tunnel, right? And so mm-hmm. GL puts a bubble around the three of them and they, they pop out in the past. Because of course he does a bubble because he he's never creative with his ring. Until but, the next episode. Well, but in this episode, he creates when... Um, they're busting out bat lash, which we'll get to from prison. He uses his ring to create a ghost construct, like very like Scooby-Doo, like ooh thing. And he scares the guard and like running into the wall. So he like never used it for anything creative except for this one moment. But then the one that really baffles me is he uses it to create his own old West style clothing rather than stealing some from some random bandit. Mm-hmm. So based on your knowledge, and I, I, this is the one time I'll let you, give facts from the the comics universe and not point out that it's not the dca universe but from the comics universe can the green lantern ring create anything other than constructs like where are those clothes supposed to be coming from so i in comic i don't know if they can create clothes i mean we know the suit is made of green lantern energy Mm -hmm. because it's also kind of like bulletproof and but you know defensive it helps them fly but it also gets tattered yes okay continue I think here's my here's my pitch for why he made his own outfit instead of taking one from uh, the bandit. Yeah. He didn't want to show them that he's always naked. (laughs) And every outfit he wears is a construct. (laughs) (laughs) And he was too embarrassed to let them know that because obviously Batman knows that. Yeah. Because he's Batman. He knows everything. Yeah. But he had to keep up the illusion for him and for Wonder Woman of like, no, 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 I'm okay. I don't need that. I, I, I have my own. I have my own. It's okay. You know what? I'll accept that. But my, it's better than my theory, which is that he, because you know the the lantern is kept inside a pocket dimension. Mm-hmm. So my theory is that he has a pocket dimension with just a bunch of clothes in it. Yes. Yeah. So with that, I feel like 
you know, uh, being a child of the 60s as he was, right? Uh, 60s, 70s? Well, so... Well, you know, he fought in... Well, I, I think, okay, so we, we can we can guess that he's probably what? Let's say 40? Yeah. In this, roughly roughly 40, which means that he would have uh, been born in... Yeah, 64. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you're mm-hmm. right, yeah. Okay, yeah. So the Jonah Hex comic came out in the 70s, so it would have been his prime like days okay his, his prime comic <laughs> reading days yeah so the big glasses on yeah yeah and so i feel like and that was obviously a big trope of both cinema and com- kind of all media was that we had this western craze in the right. 60s early 70s so i feel like he loves this era but again oh, okay. being being john stewart he can't show emotion <laughs> and so with the ghost thing with the outfit he's been preparing for that he's been like cosplaying this mm-hmm. for years since he got his ring yeah but he can't ever show anybody <laughs> that's why the outfit is so accurate I, I was gonna say yeah like he had that outfit ready yeah so i was wondering what the reason was but i like that idea that he, he's just such a nerd that he's kind of like again formative years that, that's what i'm trying formative to say years, yeah again and throw back to, to doc brown the way like doc brown literally has like a suitcase full of money from every era of history Green Lantern has a pocket dimension full of any possible wardrobe item he could ever have. Right. I mean, look, I, I get it. I have a closet full of random cosplay. As do I. <laughs> so, yeah. I Wait. just ordered more yesterday. <laughs> What'd you order? Uh, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to wear for the Disney Halloween party. Oh, okay. Uh, and I think I'm going to go as um, Krunk when he is the uh, wilderness scout leader. It's brilliant. And so I found a I love little it. plush squirrel. And then even better, on Etsy, I found a woman who makes tiny hats for cats. <laughs> <laughs> and I found a tiny, like, park ranger hat, like Crunk wears. And so I have a matching hat that I'm going to wear that I'm going to put on the tiny squirrel that's going to be on my shoulder. What? <laughs> my, my favorite part about that is not that you bought one, is that they exist... Because, of course, someone on Etsy has made tiny hats for cats. Yes. They come in three sizes. <laughs> oh, sometimes the world is just I a, was, a I joy. I was genuinely concerned. I'm like, am I going to have to, like, make this? Like, I, I'm yeah. decently good with construction paper. I can probably make something decent. Yeah. And I, on a last-ditch effort, I'll Google miniature park ranger hats. And, of course, the first thing that pops up is an Etsy link. I'm like, you're joking. This does exist. <laughs> and I was worried. And when I said miniature, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get like a Lego hat or something yeah. like super miniature. I'm not expecting like a three inch hat, like yeah. a mid-sized mini. But of course it's there in three full sizes for different sized cats. <laughs> that's beautiful. Um, that, that's going to be great. It's going to yeah. be a great, great Halloween costume. Uh, but anyway, so. The trio make it back to the past. Uh, oh, Wonder Woman has this great line when they're getting shot at by the bandits. She's like, these are the biggest, slowest bullets I've ever had experienced in my life. It's just casual, like, ping. I don't ping. know why the other two were even there at this point, because the entire first episode of this, Wonder Woman needs no help. No. No one else really does anything. Wonder no. Woman does all the heavy lifting. You're right, yeah, because after this, they go into town, they go to a saloon, where they see um, Batlash, who's going to be one of the um, kind of the, the Old West lawmen they team up with, um, playing cards against Tobias Manning. And, and the great moment where Tobias Manning has five, or no, four kings and an ace, and Batlash has four aces and a king. <laughs> 
and they're just pulling guns on each other. Like when when Lash gets taken away to go to get to go to prison, they get executed the next day. Wonder Woman's like, okay, well we're just gonna go break him out. And yeah. Batman's like, no, no, we're not going to. He's like, no, no, we're we're just gonna go do it. It's like, okay. Yeah. And, and Nothing even, in this world can stop her. No, I mean, I, especially this world. Like even that they they show up to the jail, and Green Lanterns again. He makes a construct, a key. He's gonna pick like he's gonna open the, the cell gate and she just pulls the thing off yeah. the wall. Because again, he's ready for this age. Yeah. This has been his dream. <laughs> like Doc Brown, he always wanted up in the old west. Exactly. Oh, it all ties back to Doc Brown. It does. Uh but I even love Batlash's comment, like, that's a healthy gal. Yeah. <laughs> he's great. I love him. I yeah, this whole the whole team, the old west team is yeah. so cool. So wait, uh remind me, who and all are I'm assuming you wrote these down. Yes. Who who and all is the, the like the this group that they team up with to take on Tobias Manning here? Uh, so obviously Batlash is mm-hmm. there. Uh, Sheriff uh, Oshia Smith. I'm probably mispronouncing that. Sheriff oh, Smith. Yeah. Uh, El Diablo and Jonah Hex. Oh, and Jonah Hex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, so the Jonah. The Jonah Hex. So I, I think Jonah Hex is the only one I had heard of outside of this. Obviously, because he was in. Um, the movie from 2008 with Josh Brolin. That, that. Yep. But I was, was going to say the the Batman animated series episode Avatar? Yes. With um, Ra's al Ghul mm-hmm. and Ra's al Ghul's son. Um, you, did you look up anything about Jonah Hex? Oh, oh, did I? Okay. <laughs> it was I, I, sad. It's I, very sad. <laughs> G- give us a little bit of Jonah Hex. So. Oh, man. Okay. Where to start? As per all comic book origin stories with living parents uh his father was a drunken abuse <laughs> and abusive uh, yeah either they're dead or they're awful there's no middle ground there is no middle ground uh, except uh, the kents i was gonna say pops but yeah okay yeah yeah three <laughs> three, <laughs> <It's> three. <laughs> but uh, even then virgil one dead parent one dead parent yeah yeah i think i think the only top of my head the only two alive together parents that aren't awful Mom, but again can't. adoptive I think we'll still, but he, well, yeah, I think we'll count it. But also, then Superman does have dead. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he covers both bases. Yeah, he's got all, all of it's covered. Yeah. Don't worry, they're still dead parents. But anywho, uh, awful dad got it. Yeah, so awful dad. He was sold into slavery into an Apache tribe when he was thirteen, uh, and shortly after that, Jonah saved the chief from a puma attack when he's thirteen. Oh, okay. Uh, and he's kind of welcomed to the graces of the tribe, except for the son of the chief, uh, Notante. Okay. Uh, when they're 16, they go through this rite of passage ceremony where they have to like steal something from a rival tribe. Uh, and basically no Tante throws Jonah under the bus and like gets him captured and mm-hmm. he gets away. And so this is the first time, I guess now second time Jonah Hex is captured under the tyranny of some other group of people, Okay, which will be a theme for the first 30 years of his life. Oh, Jesus. While working as a slave under this new tribe, the tribe is attacked by uh, kind of outlaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they see Jonah. They kind of ha- like let him escape while they go and kill the rest of the Native Americans. Uh, but then Jonah Hex turns around and he helps a few of the natives escape, uh-huh. which the gunmen see. And they shoot Jonah Hex and leave him for dead. Oh, my God. Uh, two of the people he saved come and kind of take care of him. They heal his wounds. And he is healthy enough to go back to his first tribe and kind of confront Notate. Mm-hmm. Uh, while all that's happening, he gets a sidetrack mission where he joins the civil war <laughs> as a Confederate. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he becomes a Lieutenant in the Confederate army. 
he doesn't see the point of fighting this war. Uh, and so he basically, the first battle he's in, he surrenders. Okay. Uh, which the Union Army sees is weak, and they take him prisoner. Uh, and he doesn't give up any information, but he basically convinces every other Confederate soldier that they capture that they were only captured because Jonah gave up their position. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so they're making him an enemy. And by the end of the Civil War, Jonah Hex is known as, like, the turncoat of the Confederates. Okay. Uh, and so he's hated by all people <laughs> at this point. My God. Uh, and in some version of the comic, this is where he gets his scar. Okay. Is from the Confederates kind of, like, branding him as a traitor. Uh, but in the original story, he is done with that. He escapes. He goes back to the original tribe, and he kind of confronts Notata. He tells the chief everything that happened. The chief doesn't believe him, <laughs> so he challenges Notate to a duel to the death. He gets a faulty hatchet from Notate. <laughs> uh, so in the fight, so he, Notate cheats, and so in yeah. return, Jonah Hex also cheats, and he stabs him with a separate knife, which I guess is against the rules, uh, <laughs> which is then where he gets his uh, his scar, the mark of the de- the mark of the demon, from the chief, uh, who then kills his love interest as like a spiteful thing and then jonah turns and kills the chief um then becomes a bounty hunter (laughs) that's kind of the jump is he ever does he ever have a happy moment i don't think so okay every every iteration of this that i read it's kind of him saving one and in turn like six dying because of it now he he keeps referencing that he may have spent some time in the future in this episode. Cause he, he makes a comment like Ray guns getting jammed. Like, I think y'all must be from the future and I've had an interesting life and stuff like that. Did in your research, did you ever find a point where like that was a comic arc where he got catapulted into the future and came Ooh. back? I'll, I'll say this. I'm shocked at how many Jonah hex comics there are. Really? <laughs> yes. I, wow. Uh, he started in 72. Okay. Uh, and I just kind of went through the first couple just to get the, the base story. But I will say the, the point that I remember him and kind of the only comic I've read with Jonah Hex in it is the um, the Return of Bruce Wayne series, the six part series. Oh, OK, from that's the late right. 2000s, yeah, I've read that, too, um, where he is commissioned by Vandal Savage every now and then to kind of stop other time travelers. And so while Bruce is, is kind of leapfrogging through time to get back to the present, he's confronted by Jonah Hex. Yeah. And Jonah Hex one-ups him, one of the few people that has beat Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vandal Savage was offering him Napoleon's gold um, to kill Batman. Uh, but instead, Jonah Hex beats him, and he lets Batman go. And all he takes is a Batarang as, like, his prize. I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, uh, oh, okay. I'm looking at... I'm just doing a quick little search here. I guess, yeah, there is the five warriors from forever. The Lord of Time assembled team. Um, okay, so yeah, that might be the, the point when that happened. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, he's... I feel like a lot of people... I'm sure he goes to the future every now and then, but I feel like more people come back to him. That could be it. Yeah. I mean, it, he's. It's an interesting character. He's fun. Uh, voiced by Adam Baldwin, which is like... Oh, per- I didn't know that. Yeah, perfect. Perfect voice casting. The non, um, the not Baldwin Baldwin. The non Baldwin Baldwin. Yes. <laughs> the one from Firefly. Exactly. Um, oh, that's. I was trying to figure out who Kronos was. It's Peter McNichol. That's right. Who's that? He is kind of like the, the, the Weasley henchman in Ghostbusters 2. Um, he. I, I'm 
primarily knew him from Alan McBeal because I've said this repeatedly on the podcast that I watched that as a kid and I probably should not have been at the time, but I was. <laughs> um, that's what I mostly know him from. He, he's like a character actor. He, he, he pops up in lots of stuff. Okay. Um, also does a lot of voice acting. He's, uh, I guess he plays, oh, he's also in Young Justice um, as... Oh, Professor Ivo. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he's okay. Yeah, I hear the voice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, who is this voice? Why do I recognize it? And that's why. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fun. It's like a fun moment there when they kind of get this team together. Yeah. And and I love that they shamelessly kind of riff off of the Justin Limited intro in the show itself, like having the slow mo walk through the town with all of them spread across the sun behind them. The music comes in. It's really it's. Very on the nose, but for me at least it worked. Well, I also loved the like the slight the slight alterations to the theme song with every mm. character. Yeah, because it was the same song, but every character had kind of a different instrument that played it. Yeah, and that was very fun. Yeah, they're all like kind of more old west sort of instruments. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's 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 a moment that on paper I could see it possibly being really really cheesy, but it's really well executed here. I, yeah, I think it's given just enough time. Because yeah. I was going to say, like, I wish we got to spend more time with some of these characters. But at the same time, like, I think this is the most we could have gotten without it getting, like, very cheesy. Exactly. Yeah. We and don't need an origin story for every one of them. No, we don't. Yeah. Because even then, like, you know, Batlash kind of takes prominence up at the beginning. He's the first character we meet. He gets a lot of great lines. We spend a lot of time with Jonah Hex. He's the most recognizable. And then, um, yeah, the, the, the rest of it is with the sheriff because he has he basically wants to take down Tobias Manning because Manning like threw him out of town. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's using like, future tech, using future tech. Yeah. So that's his mission to go and take him down. So like it, those three kind of get enough of a little bit of arc. And then, um, yeah, LDL was just kind of in the background there, mm-hmm. but it's, it's fun. And I think, I think it helps that at this point, they're just, they're fully leaning into the weird comic bookiness of all of this. Like it's time travel in the old West. It's full of like weird jokes and stuff. I mean, even the, the title of this episode is a reference to like weird Western comics or weird Western tales, like which was a, a comic series I think that included Jonah Hex at one point. Okay, um, but it's it's so goofy, or I guess it's, but the thing is, it's not goofy. It could be, but they've gotten so good at taking these really very comic book esque things and finding just the right way to make them tonally consistent with the rest of the DCAU. It's it's kind of like a masterclass of like walking that fine line. Yeah, of being super fun, but also not ridiculous. Well, I think it, it, you can also, I think you can gauge it by Batman's reaction for a lot of this. That's true. Yeah. Like, is he taking this seriously? Okay, this should be taken seriously. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, because he, even he's like, no, we're here. We're going to do our thing. We're going to figure this out. I'm not going to carry any guns. Like yeah. A little moment. I'm not like, going to fuck anything up the timeline. Exactly. We're not going to mess the timeline. I even love that when, like, someone is about to draw on him. He's like, go for it. Yeah. Like, it, I dare you. And he's, he's faster than everyone around him. <laughs> he just flashes his belt, too. Like, yeah. he doesn't flash a gun or a holster he just just a utility belt yeah yeah <laughs> and when everyone else is like using guns he's just like Come throwing, throwing batarangs make my day. I did. <laughs> okay i did say they're pretty good about not going full ridiculous but then as they're riding out to go meet tobias manning <laughs> one of the henchmen is riding around on a fl- on a, tri- a, a pterodactyl a robotic pterodactyl that's the thing that i had forgotten yes <laughs> that's the part that threw me it's like oh it's a pterodactyl that makes sense he's a time traveler he can go and just like wrangle a pterodactyl but no wonder Woman flies through the wing and then it breaks apart because it's a robot so he's got like a robot pterodactyl a robot t-rex oh, no a robot no. velociraptor no no because no, it's a real velociraptor 
No, that's a robot too. Is it? We don't see it break. I think though. I think because I was paying attention on because we see right, Wonder Woman wrangle it. Okay, I I interpreted that all of them were robots. He also has a robot Pegasus. Yes. So I thought they were all robots. Now again, I, I, to be fair, I did watch these like three or four times, but I slept through most of them, <laughs> so I could have missed some of these details. I think they're all robots, which then to me raises a bigger question of they didn't just go and take this from the past. They took these, I guess, from the future. Where in the future did they grab robot dinosaurs? Great question, Chris. Here's my response. (laughs) When I saw the robot Velociraptor, my first thought was this is from Chuck E. Cheese. Fair. Okay. So this might be from future Chuck E. Cheese. Future Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) <laughs> it may, oh, you know what's going to happen? Just Charles. I figured it out. You know how, like, everything old comes back around again, right? And, mm-hmm. Like, how, like, all the Gen Z youths are obsessed now with, like, everything from the 90s, like, our horrible baggy clothing and mid-parts and shit like that? Yes. Chuck E. Cheese is about to have a massive resurgence. Oh, I'll get on the stock market. Exactly. Massive resurgence that, like, they're going to get a flush of cash. And, again, like, every... 30 years it's gonna keep happening so in one of these they've like they're like at the scale of disneyland now where they have like this massive like chuck e cheese dino park thing and also i guess they have like chuck e cheese like ancient greek mythology perfect for you that's where i'm gonna go so. well yeah we're in the resurgence of like the themed restaurants and themed bars that's true I yeah can't wait for for uh rainforest cafe to come back <laughs> ah yeah I love the fear of a bird about to shit in my food while I eat. <laughs> exactly. But it's it, it, like that whole sequence just kind of gets ridiculous. And it, for me, at least this episode becomes as least interesting when it just descends into like a generic fight. Like there's a, just a bunch of robots in weird, like Western kind of hats and clothes and stuff shooting at them. Um, but I, I think it is saved though at the very last moment when, uh, Tobias Manning has his his six shooter, which in this case has his like multi dimensional gun. Yeah, is what like they refer to it as six little blaster things kind of come off, and he's about ready to take out Sheriff Smith. And then Batman says like, "All right, uh, what is it like? Six of them, six of us, six no ra- one yeah, like six rounds, six of us, no one miss." And so they all have like a quick draw moment with him throwing a batarang, Danny using her her headpiece, GL either using his gun or his ring. It's a little bit unclear, but it's that's kind of a cool moment. Of like again, it feels like a Western trope thing that just plays really well. Yeah, at the time, and then of course, fucking Clinton's like, "Oh well, here's how you reset the device," and he electrocutes Batman, and then races into the future. So they have to chase after him, and then they they come out in oh man, Batman Beyond era, um, and they're face off against the the Joker's gang from Return of the Joker, but this gang has been enhanced with future tech, and then the remaining jlu which they do refer to them as Mm -hmm. team members arrive and it's um old static batman beyond and then warhawk and in maybe one of the greatest cliffhanger moments in all of the dcau he looks at john stewart and goes dad dad i (laughs) i I mean when we saw the jokers i lost my mind i was i was happy with that ending yeah but then the jlu shows up oh it's it's a and i mean i don't remember I remember that being a beat when I watched it 20 years ago of like, oh shit, like it's his son, which, and I, I think it had been so long since I had seen the Batman Beyond episode they were featured in. I don't really remember Warhawk. Like my memory of Warhawk primarily comes from this. Same. This episode. Plus he's got a bigger role because he's actually the, the kid. But like that was kind of a, a brilliant piece of retconning 
they threw in there to then set up like a really just totally nuts dynamic. Oh, which I, 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 I'm super, super here for, uh, any other thoughts on this before we get into a uh, part two? I would like to talk about the gun for a quick second. Oh, the, uh, Tobias Manning's six shooter gun. Yes. Please. Let's, and let's. how inefficient it looks <laughs> because it's not like I, I would understand if it had like tracking capabilities and it was sure. like, you know, all the, all the bullets would like point in the same direction, mm-hmm. but they they don't <laughs> yeah they're all like it's it, it's it, it almost it's, looks it's like, a wide circle where almost none of them would hit you it almost looks like susian like, yes it's very susian like they're on these like little metal tendrils kind of go off the side of it it looks incredibly useless and impractical right how would anyone lose to that i don't know i mean yeah to your point if, if it could shoot at six different targets simultaneously sure and it looks like it should, based on how it's designed, but I don't think we ever actually see it do that. I think it just shoots... He still uses, like, on one target. Right. So what yeah. is the point of this? I, I don't know. And I guess it's just, like, the fear of it, because yeah. it is, like, different and scary and magic. Uh, but it is so impractical. It's, it really is. And that's not even the most impressive thing that he brings back. He's got, like, jetpacks and robot soldiers and a fucking tank. Surveillance cameras. Surveillance cameras. He brings back so much stuff, like, and that's the, the most prominent one. And it's just like, why? Why is this getting the most amount of attention? Why is this the thing that instills fear in people, not his fucking tank? I would I would scare people in thinking that I'm, like, a psychic Yeah. with a surveillance camera. Yeah. Have a camera, you know, like do a, you know, what card am I drawing game? Some, some bullshit game where you have a camera pointed behind them. They have no idea what a camera is. Yeah. You just can see it. Maybe we're giving Tobias Manning too much credit. I don't think he's that bright. Oh, we know he's not because that's why he kept Kronos around is to explain the technology that he goes to steal. So maybe that's it. Maybe the gun was intended for a a more effective purpose and Clinton just lied to him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It was like a welding tool. Yeah, that's it. it was like a, like a little kid's pop gun sort of thing yeah like maybe the lasers don't even hurt <laughs> that's it's future nerf yeah this is, is this jello yeah. Ooh, i would love a gun that shot jello yeah oh i get so fat uh all right should we uh should we dive into part two here let's get into part two all right so in this one uh you know when clinton escapes to the old or from the old west through time Batman, Wonder Woman, and GL follow him back to the future of Batman Beyond. And uh, Clinton, now Kronos, has altered history so much that time itself is starting to unravel. So the team partners up with the remaining JLU to defeat Kronos and the future tech-enhanced Joker gang that he employs. Um, again, I like you, I was super excited to see that gang come back again. I mean, I know that they only were in Return of the Joker, but I think that was finally them doing something interesting with the jokers which were a great idea but i don't think ever really fully executed very well in the show itself i agree because i i remember bringing it up when we watched return of the joker that i remember these characters being in so much more right and it's just because of this episode exactly yeah because they they have like they're actual characters and they're like they're fun like Dee is a great kind of future holly quinn thing and here in this one Anytime she gets hit, she duplicates, kind of like Multiple Man. And then, of course, we have Michael Rosenbaum doing a Christopher Walken impression for, I think it's, I think it's Ghoul, Ghoul is his yeah. name. It's like, and, and like Bonk now has like this, this wheel and place of legs and he has a Darth Maul style lightsaber. It's, it's just weird. Oh, no, that's Chucko. Chucko, Chucko yeah. 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 Bo- Bonk has an arm that becomes like a, a mallet. And a trash can. And a trash can, yeah. For some reason. <laughs> But I, I love them. I was super, super happy to see them 
come back around again. Yes. On this one. Oh my God. Same. Yeah. And even like, I thought that they're, um, the choices they had for who was left the JLU is interesting. So in the story, we learned that, um, Clinton has like fucked up history so much that the watchtower was destroyed. And so now the only people left for the remaining JLU is static future Batman, Bruce and Warhawk. Um, which this is also an area where you see that the, connectivity kind of falls apart a little bit because when we met the justice league in batman beyond the future league i think we can i think we can understand why superman i think he just kind of goes off and retires maybe after that but you don't you don't get the impression that it's a massive league that has a bunch of people still present in it whereas in this version they make an allusion to the fact when the watchtower was destroyed they lost like everybody including diana including john john all those people yeah so i mean i guess maybe you could chalk that up to it being an alternate timeline because everything's so messed up. I don't know. It felt like it felt like them maybe being like, oh, we now have to address the fact that when we originally made those Batman Beyond episodes, a Justice League didn't really exist. And now a massive Justice League exists. Well, no, I, I think with the Kronos appearing moment in the future, I think that is the branch because DD and DD also make a note that they have killed other Green Lanterns before. Yeah. In, in the style they're doing now. So not even with, like, just blowing up the Watchtower. Oh, that's right, yeah. So, we... like, this gang has hunted down other members of the JLU. Yeah, that's true. Uh, which, obviously, we don't see. No, because it all happens before this. Yeah, and so we don't know how much... We don't know... Do we know when... How much earlier Kronos appeared than the the, the trio? We, we... He doesn't say. We don't okay. know. We, we can assume it's probably been a number of... Actually, there's, there's really no clues to indicate other than how many people he's killed. Yeah. how long it's been we just know that either i think he's i think i think he's brought all those things into the future like the titanic and the easter island heads and stuff like that i think he's brought those forward those didn't just appear because the timeline's wonky but it's a little bit unclear because we get to later on in the episode things do just appear because the timeline's all wonky yeah so i'm not sure how long he's been there okay so we'll say roughly we'll say he's been there for like three years to get yeah. everything in place sure so that that is a good amount of, and and with that three years you know, he has the ability to just kind of jump back and forth. So if he messes up something, he can just go back and do it again. That's true. Which yeah. just continues to muck up the time stream. And so I think in three years, with the overwhelming power of time, you can take out the majority of the league. Yeah, that's fair. He could do How it. Bruce survived <laughs> I mean, Bruce, is a unique question in Bru- itself. Bruce survives because Bruce just survives. Yeah. Right? And, like, I, that is another thing this episode does that's super fun is the bruce young batman facing each other dynamic like even terry jumping in trying to make the joke of like oh bruce wayne have you met batman batman have you met bruce wayne and both of them chiming in the exact same time like not now yeah. shut up <laughs> like he's he's not there they're not there to be fucked around with and even then when batman decides they need to figure out where chronos is he's gonna go interrogate one of the the, the jokers and they're like i, I think it's I forget who says it but someone's like this is not the gotham you know and he just asks oh our criminals still yeah. a superstitious and cowardly lot yep i'm fine yeah terry terry questions if he can gun it in the future yeah and then, and then he's trying his old-fashioned method of like dangling ghoul off the side of a building and old bruce shows up it's like that's not enough yeah it's like oh he used to be so green before and then he goes full joker with the uh with the cane yeah and i'm like did he just jason taught him i think he basically did yeah like it's it all happens off screen so it's all implied but even then when ghoul is like freaking out like having to do with old bruce and young batman steps and it's like 
let's like you don't want my friend come back in here why don't you tell us what he wants to know and gl's like man seeing batman play good cop what the hell is this it was bad cop worse cop <laughs> yeah exactly it you know again i mean and i, I we got to give credit to uh Dwayne mcduffie who wrote both parts of these he's obviously one of the best writers in, in all of the the dcau but like he knows how to throw in those little moments of levity into an otherwise like this is a kind of a serious plot like the stakes are gonna be high a lot of characters die in this yeah especially the end like everyone's dying but he finds places to put these in here and make them still feel really organic mm-hmm. and they're really really funny um did you get really excited when hal jordan showed up oh my god yes <laughs> <laughs> well so right before that diana gets back to the future yeah she just disappears yeah it's like oh did she never leave the island was she never born we don't know because, like, at this point now, time is unraveling through all of time. And we're just seeing the ramifications appear here. Yes. And, you see, yeah, so with that, while they're kind of walking through Kronos's lair, uh, Jon Stewart turns into Hal Jordan. Yeah. Made my heart just so warm, so happy. Yeah. And it's it was, like, the 1960s design Hal, too, which I loved even more. Yeah. It was, like, classic Hal. Yeah. And he gives the, like, their uh, conundrum with the time stream. Yep. Yep. All right. Yep. I'm caught up. Cool. Yep. And, like... So this is Hal Jordan's only appearance in the DCAU. However, we did see his name on the side of a fighter jet in in Brightest Day, right? Which would have been the Superman episode that introduced Kyle Rayner. Yes. So I think we so we do know that that character exists. And I don't remember if we talked about this at the time where the ring was going. Do we do we speculate that the ring in that episode was actually on its way to go find Superman and it hit Hal or hit Kyle on accident or was going for Kyle? Did we talk about that then? We must have. It's been a long time. It has been a very long time. It's been somewhere between one and five years. Since yes. We last talked about that. So. Um, I think in the comic or in this, in the, the series, that's how it was supposed to go. It was supposed to go to Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the comic, Kyle is, is visited by Ganthet. Okay. Uh, and is kind of gifted the powers without the ring. Because the, the central battery has been corrupted. Okay. Because Hal has come as Parallax to destroy Oa. That's right. And Ganthet yeah. escapes and kind of just... Dis- wills him the power of the green lantern so he okay. is the the plus one okay he's the lantern that shouldn't have existed okay got it so i think that in this universe we can at least assume like hell jordan exists so what, whatever change happened in the past meant that the ring went to him maybe in that moment instead of going to kyle ended up going to hal yes or it's just a weird fucking timeline and it doesn't matter doesn't matter doesn't matter it's a fun nod it's a multiverse <laughs> it's a multiverse it's really fun they threw that in there though i i i love that um but yeah it's like after that they they go to they go to david's wife to go to Cronus's wife who she still hates him mm-hmm. um and so she gives up that everyone thinks that Cronus just sleeps in one of his different monuments every night but he actually sleeps like in that wooden plank in that jail cell from the old west inside the roman coliseum and it's that point like time starts to really get fucky so now the justice league and the jail you are fighting against the jokers and the timeline like ripping itself apart so like static just gets sucked into oblivion mm-hmm. essentially terry gets killed by the dds oh yeah i wasn't sure like did he actually just straight up die yeah yeah i mean again it happens off screen but he does because we flashed then to bruce who is at the just league bruce. old bruce at the justice league headquarters which is in hamilton hill high school because the watchtower was destroyed being like he just said something of like oh terry like he lost him like he he died which is another Robin, which is pretty nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Time to find the next. All right. <laughs> the next. On to the next one. So then they, uh, Bru- young Batman has developed like a, of course it's a, a little mini disc cause it's 2004. Yeah. Uh, Did you ever have any mini CDs? Yeah. 
Um, we do you remember? So there was, um, for a very brief period, kind of uh, as an evolution, an unsuccessful evolution of the Walkman. There were mini disc CDs that were inside, almost like a a floppy, like clear plastic cartridge. Mm-hmm. And we had some of those, like a separate player. You would have to play it on. We had some of those. And then I do remember like even occasionally like toys would come. Like I remember the independence day action figures in 94, 95, Five. they came with um, mini CDs for like some kind of game or something like that. Cause you know, obviously computers are a big part of that movie. The plot lines, like, hey, let's do something with computers. I don't think we ever actually tried it out. But I, we, I remember mini discs. Yeah. I, yeah, I always had them for like one off game. Yeah, they, I feel like they were always for advertising purposes. Yeah, exactly. They were tiny games. And I remember the weirdest one I got was for an extension of Pokemon Gold and Pokemon, and Pokemon Silver. And it wasn't a disc, it was like an oval. Yeah, I remember those too, actually. Mm-hmm. Which is bizarre. Yeah. I don't remember them ever actually working. Probably not because it's supposed to spin in a circle. So how the fuck is that supposed to work? Yeah. Unless it just skips a lot. That's, but isn't that, isn't that such a a nineties, 2000 thing of like, Hey, we still got CDs. How do we make them cool? It's like a small, or it's like cut off the edges. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking hell. Why are these things coming back? The good old days. God damn it. Um, but yeah, so they they follow Kronos into the time tunnel and they eventually plant the device. But on their way there, they see the beginning of time, which is like a hand opening up and revealing the universe, which I, I think is part of DC Comics lore, but I don't really know anything about that. I don't know if you know anything about that. I do not. Okay, great. Yeah. It's not for us to talk about. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, wait, I, I, did, I was hoping you might have had something that brought this up. I guess it does have to do with... Um, uh, so uh, here, pre-crisis, Chrono was an Owen scientist obsessed with observing the creation of the universe. Despite an Owen legend that said discovering that secret would cause a great calamity, Chrono created a machine that allowed him to see into the moment of creation. He saw an enormous hand holding what appears to be a spiraling galaxy. So, um, somehow his experiment disrupted the process of creation with terrible consequences. It caused the creation of not a single universe, but the generation of the multiverse that i did not know that is pretty cool and then they start talking about the anti-modern and modern i blank out anytime someone says those words so but i mean yeah i mean that's kind of a fun little nod too to like pull that in from from comics lore um the beginning of the universe sort of thing but i mean it's the these two episodes like as a pairing are just nuts Mm -hmm. like they're so out there i mean we've had time travel before this is, I think, the weirdest version of time travel, the most out there version of time travel we've had, because it feels also the most comic booky. Very much so. Yeah. Whereas, like, because we had the Savage Time, but that was like, oh, you know, it's it's just like a, a wormhole back to the the past sort of thing, and it's just World War Two with bigger, better guns. So that is something that I I almost wanted a reference to, is when we first see the tank pull out of the barn mm-hmm. in the past episode, and uh, John sees it. I wanted a moment of like. I'm prepared this time because <laughs> last time we saw the tank, it was the future tank, but his mm-hmm. ring was out of juice. Yeah. So he just had to run and kind of hide in the water. Yeah. Where this time it's like, Oh, I'm fucking ready. Yeah. <laughs> just have some like anti-tank device ready as a, as a construct. I mean, he even says at one point like, Oh God, this is why I hate time travel. Yeah. <laughs> cause he's, the, cause he, he and Diana both did part of the savage time, but he's like the last one. So the, 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 the little piece after Dan disappears, Batman and GL, 
stop Kronos by basically planting a, a, a bug in the belt, which means he's now stuck in a time loop where it's that moment when his wife is yelling at him for being an idiot. And he's like, Oh, I can get away from you. And he jumps right back. And that's his, his comeuppance. He's stuck in the time loop. Um, but they're the only two that remember everything. Cause everything reset back to normal. Diana doesn't remember cause she disappeared before the mission ends. Right. And it's a hard cut. Yeah. It's just like, oh, they're back in, like, really where the two-parter began with them in the dining hall on the Watchtower and Dana walking up to them. And only Bruce and John remember what happens, which means that John now also knows that in the future he's going to have a kid with Shaira. Yeah. So that that's complicated. How so? Because that is an alternate branch timeline now. Uh, so he can choose to follow that timeline or he can choose to create his new branch it's, but it, it is a, it is a kind of the definition of like, is it free will? Is it fate? Yeah. Question. And I guess maybe in that case, I, uh, I, I was, I chalk it up to being like Warhawk. We already knew existed prior to this, but also like he was definitely not Rex Stewart originally. Cause uh, as uh, I've seen a few people point out, like there's a definite skin tone shift mm-hmm. on Rex on Warhawk between those two things. Um, but yeah, I guess it does raise that question of like, Oh, is this actually going to happen or not? Um, and there's actually, in there's the Batman Beyond comics. So there's the ones that came out when the show originally aired and there was a new wave that started in like early, well, I guess late 2000s, maybe like early 2010s. Um, and that spun off. And, and that was like this weird universe that is, it's basically a continuation of the DCAU universe, but I think it's actually technically its own pocket thing. Okay. But in that there are some justice league, unlimited comics like justice league beyond comics and they actually go through the histories of all the league members we met in batman beyond so we get a, we get the story of why barda is still there we get the background of the, the kid green lantern and we get the story of how those two ended up having a kid so i don't know if that's actually considered canon or not but there's a story out there that explains it and I'll, I'll look up which which volume that is and i'll put it down in the show notes yeah because i'm i'm thinking way too complicated about this and shocking yeah is there something about like paradoxical ethics oh like because i'm imagining now like he's met his kid is there now is he now ethically tied to creating said kid or if he goes in a different path is he technically murdering oh i i see kid he's already met With, with with your your future knowledge if you deviate yeah, is that like an ethical conundrum, an ethical crime, potentially? Yeah. That's like a good question, actually. If there's a train coming in the future, <laughs> and there's one kid on a track, and then a kid you don't know about on another track. Do, do you invent the steam engine? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you put a boat in the way? Exactly. That is a good point, actually. Yeah, it's like, and I guess this, this from what I recall, the series never really answers that question. Like I said, they're, they're comments. Oh, I like, wouldn't expect them to. This yeah. is a kid's show. It's a kid's show. But yeah, it does raise that question of like, what do you do if you know something that may or may not ultimately end up coming true? Like, does it have to? But like, th- does that then become like a predestination sort of thing? Like, now that you know this thing, do your choices, even if subconsciously, make that happen? Right. Because you now know it's a possibility. Right. You- I mean, that that is the whole That's So Raven situation. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Was there a time travel episode of That So Raven? No, but she sees the future. Oh, I've never watched That So Raven. Oh, so it's, I, it's I forgot good. that that was the, a, a, the central conceit of that show. Yes, Raven can see the future. Did they bring that into the, the reboot version? Oh, they did. Oh, okay. Oh, boy. Um, yes, so Raven can see the future. And almost every time she sees the future, something you know very good or very bad is happening. And it is almost 
the thing almost happens because she saw it in the future. Okay, yeah. And it is the question of, is it fate or is it free will? Right. With every situation. Yeah, I mean, I guess the Terminator is kind of one of those things that addresses that too. It's like, do, do, do our actions lead to the future that we're trying to avoid because we know it's coming sort of thing? Right. Time travel, man. I know. It's fucking weird. This is why I got to kill old Chris. Yeah. That and he's got a looper situation. That is, I'm going to be honest, he's really fucking annoying. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be hard. No. I, it, if there's anyone who knows how to kill me, it's me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm obviously not going to reveal my plans on air unless someone tries to stop me. Yes. I was trying to think if you have any allergies that I know about, and I don't. None that would kill so. me. Okay. I, I don't have allergies, but I have weaknesses. There you go. <laughs> and I know how to exploit those. Mostly emotional. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, uh but okay before i go kill future chris um anything else on this uh i think we covered it all all right well then let's do our season one justly limited shortlist um so normally i would say we do this in our classic fashion of going through and just listening episode by episode and then saying yay or nay however this has been an exemplary season Yes. When we say shortlist, that is in big air quotes. Yeah. I, I, I think as you and I have talked about it, pretty much all of these are either great episodes that are must watch for being great or canonically critical. Um, so I'm most gonna, of them both. Most of them both. So I'm going to do this slightly differently rather than go through episode by episode and decide whether we're going to keep one or not. Cause we're basically going to keep all of them. The one that I think is up in the air for us, the one we kind of decided was neither is Hawk and Dove. Yes. So here's my question instead. What is, in terms of a short list, what is better to say everything but this episode or just say watch all of season one? I think just say watch all of season one. I really thought it was going to be a debate here. Okay, cool. Yeah, all right, yeah. Oh, were you, I, I, can, I, I can flip. No, I, I, I thought you were going to, you know, really like lean in hard on your hard, steadfast rules here. Like, no, it doesn't count. We're not doing it. Look, Chris, if it wasn't an episode about Greek mythology, <laughs> I would be more hesitant. Fair enough. But I mean, no, legitimately, like, I'm, I'm looking at, th- I mean, okay, so for the hell of it, like, we'll just list them off real quick. Initiation. Incredible. A must-have. It starts off the JLU. From Man Who's Everything, a brilliant episode. One of the best in the entire DCU. Kid stuff. Super fun. Uh, we'll also say it's canonically critical because it wraps up the Morgan Le Fay story. Boom. Correct. Uh, Hawk and Dove, eh, okay, yeah. This Little Piggy, amazing. Batman Sings. Uh, Wanna Beast. Wanna Beast. <laughs> fearful, Wanna Beast. Yeah, fearful Symmetry, one of the key setups for the Cadmus arc. Yes. Uh, the Greatest Story Never Told, super fun Booster Gold episode. I mean, I, we could cut that one. I refuse. But we're not gonna. I refuse. Uh, the Return explains why Amaze was back, even if it's only one more episode, which is then um, Dark Heart. Oh, no, sorry. Wake the Dead. But uh, Return, great episode. Ultimatum, another critical setup. Uh, Dark Heart, not a critical setup, but just a really good episode. Again, great episode. These are all great episodes through Wake the Dead and the Once the Future thing. So, yeah, I, I say that in this case, the easier thing to do is rather than tell someone, okay, watch everything but Hawk and Dove, just watch everything. Yeah. Watch all of season one of this. Uh, and even then, uh, to to once again quote your fantastic phrase of like, Hawk and Dove, what'd you say? It's like a seven amongst the nines? Yeah. It's fine. I, you know, I, I think in any other season, we probably would have cut it if we were cutting other episodes, but. No. Yeah. We're not going to cut one episode. Yeah. So. And we, I think it's, if you're a new person coming in, I think it is good just to like experience the world and yeah. you just to get to experience all the characters. Yeah. 
And it's a, it's a Diana focus episode, which you don't always get a lot of. Yeah. And Huck and Doug, Dove are fun. They are fun. They're fun dynamic, yeah. If, if, if it's an older person watching, they get the Wonder Years joke yeah, in there. Exactly. So if it's well, a newer, newer person, they're like, oh, they're in Titans. And yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> this is not the same. Not the same. Uh, well, that makes it super easy then. All right. So our short list for Justice League Unlimited <laughs> Season 1 is season Justice one. League Unlimited <laughs> Season 1. So that makes it nice and simple. Uh, all right. Well, in, uh, in that case, shall we mosey on to some plugs here? Yes. All right. Uh, Cameron, what do you have to plug this week? Uh, I have a couple things to plug. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Not a personal plug, but I guess the, the plug that I'm most excited about right now mm-hmm. is I just started the new Hulu series, Only Murders in the Building. I've heard very good things. It is very fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quick premise for people who haven't seen or heard of it yet, it is Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena, Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez, who's amazing in the show. Also what I've heard. Also, uh, all live in this very posh, very fancy apartment complex in New York City called the Arcadia. Mm-hmm. Is that a real place? I don't know. I don't think so. It looks too grand to okay. be real. Um, and they're all murder mystery podcast fanatics when they all bond over this murder mystery podcast that they're listening to together. <laughs> when a murder happens, and not where a, a death happens in their building, yeah. and the three of them want to play detective, and while also playing detective, they want to start their own murder mystery podcast to talk about the evidence they're collecting. It's brilliant. Uh, it's so much fun. Uh, three episodes are out right now on mm-hmm. Hulu. Uh, and it, it's just a really good time. That That's what I had heard. Um, my friend was pitching the show to me yesterday. He's like, you should go watch this. And the thing that's find so funny is in nowhere in any of the marketing or advertising have I seen them address the podcasting element of it. I had no idea that was part of the conceit until it was told to me and then you told it to me again. Mm-hmm. And that's really clever and funny. I, I mean, but I actually haven't watched a trailer. Maybe that's why I didn't know that was part of it. But I was like, that's great. Yeah, it's it's so much fun. And all the characters kind of have their own thing going on. Um, for people who watched Wizards of Waverly Place, Selena's kind of Disney show that brought her to Disney stardom. Right. Uh, it's kind of an extension of just that character again. Okay. She's very like fuck everybody, I'm doing the thing that I want to do character, which I really enjoy out of her. She's very good at that. Was that her catchphrase on the Wizards of Waverly Place? Was, was. fuck everything? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's just a really good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also want to plug a new podcast I've been listening to. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you've heard of it. It is called X-Ray Vision <laughs> with Jason Concepcion. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Cameron, yes. for, for, for saving me from having to attempt to be humble. Um, okay, if, if I may... Do you know t- some of the works on that show? I do. If, if, I'm, if I may uh, take this here slightly. Um, yes. Someone who's a big fan of Esquire? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so Empire. Empire. Um, yes, so you and I generally have not specifically said where we work in the past, except for you constantly complaining about Warner Brothers. <laughs> but <laughs> Well, they fired me, so it's okay. Fired, it's fine, yeah, they fired you. But yeah, like, you, you and I have always kind of like kept that close to the chest, like, eh, people don't need to know. Uh, this uh, this is the one case I'm making an, an exception, and yes, uh, I did recently just get a new job, and I am the producer on X-Ray Vision. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Jason Concepcion is, but he did the Binge Mode podcast, which was like wildly popular, um, which I'd heard of, but I'd actually not listened to prior to getting a job. Which I had, and I have plugged on here before. And you have, and you, I remember you have a, yes, I remember you uh, plugging it before. Um, uh, but yeah, it kind of came about all of a sudden, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a new show on Crooked Media, and it's every week we do a, a deep dive on kind of like the zeitgeist defining entertainment of the day. So the first episode was 
all about Marvel Phase 4, and the second episode, which will be out at the time of this release, will all be on Shang-Chi. Yes. Um, Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm biased. I'm the producer on it. It's my show. Uh, (laughs) But it's... It, uh, generally it's super super fun it is very good yeah it is what we do but better with yes. like actual <laughs> professionals <laughs> what we do but much much better jason really knows his shit um you know and like he you know he like prepares these fantastic essays that he reads on the show doing these deep dives on these characters um yeah and i mean just like on a personal level like i would love it if listeners to this go and listen because <laughs> that that's uh, good for me but you know it's also relevant to take an opportunity to be like also thank you to you cameron to like all the listeners to the show like i literally got this job because I've been making this show for five years and was able to have like a body of work that shows that I know how to talk about nerdy stuff and to make a podcast. Um, so like to all come full circle and now be doing that for a living is mind blowing. It, it's still like just everyone's gonna have this moment of like, Holy fuck, this is what I'm doing now. This is crazy. Yeah. It's incredible. I'm, I'm so excited for you. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, don't worry. We're, we're still going to see, Tim talk through to the end. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it means my, my schedule's a little bit busy these days, but yeah, we're, we're still going to finish that. Um, have, if talk. I can ask a personal question. Sure. Have you pitched single artist soundtracks? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not. I, I have not. But if we do find ourselves with a, a week off, I'll try and throw that in there. There as you a go. Suggestion. <laughs> uh, but, but thank you, Cameron. No, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a fun show. It's super fun to make and... Jason's a cool guy. Yeah, it's a fun listen. Everyone should go listen. And I'm not saying that just because you have a gun to my head and old Chris, old Chris <laughs> old is right next to me. <laughs> oh, old Chris is standing over there with the door open, just silently tying a noose. Yes. <laughs> While sharpening a knife. He's very dexterous. It's impressive. Yeah. Um, uh, what about you? Do you have anything to plug? Uh, well, I don't have to plug my own show now anymore. So thank you for that. Yeah, I got that covered. Um, uh, yes. I, so I watched, I don't know if you saw this. I watched Green Knight last night. Oh, I've not watched it yet with uh, Dev Patel. Dev Patel, who's great. I've only heard amazing things. Uh, it wasn't for me. Okay, because it's based off an Arthurian legend. Yes. Of, of the Green Knight. Gawain? Yeah, Gawain. Gawain, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, look, I it's directed by David Lowry, who also did Pete's dragon, which is oh. an underappreciated gem amongst the Disney live action remakes. I'd say probably one of the best ones. I have not watched it. You haven't. It's really, it's really good. The, the main song is done by one of my favorites, Lindsay Sterling. And so well, I want to go, oh, that's I, right. I, yeah. Support her. Um, no, and that's a great movie. And I have not seen his other stuff. He also did, um, ain't them body saints ghost story, the old man and the gun. He, he's kind of an interesting filmmaker. Uh, it look, it's, this is very, it's an art film with a capital A, which is not. Is it a uh, twenty four? Yes. There you go. That, and that that I don't mean that as a criticism, but as a clarification, I suppose. Like, and, and I'll just be really honest. Like, sometimes that's just not my thing. Um, it to me felt really pretentious. It's beautiful, but to the point of sometimes being like, okay, you're you're just making this an like absurdly long shot to show off how beautiful it is. And it's just totally dragging down the pace of the story. And it's just, I don't know it. I, I think I'd be curious to hear your opinion on it. Cause you really understand Arthurian legend in a way that I don't. Okay. Um, and that maybe helps maybe that like having a little bit of context going in might be beneficial rather than having no context, which then I found myself confused through lots of it. I, I only have a vague 
knowledge of the the tale of the green knight okay it's basically like an immortal knight whatever you do to him he'll repeat Maybe. the damage in uh, in like a year exactly it comes back around to you again so in, in yeah that's that's the main the main conceit of the movie it it just yeah it wasn't it just wasn't my thing that's totally fair yeah but like i said i'd be very curious to hear your thoughts on it um but then the the other thing and we can do a quick little plug here is we have now both seen shang chi we have what'd you think it's incredible it's so much it's fun so good it is as i've pitched to some of my friends who have now finally seen it yeah uh <laughs> it is the dragon ball z movie we've been demanding for a decade that makes sense yeah, yeah. i could see that never having watched dragon ball z but knowing just enough that totally makes sense yeah uh yeah i we saw it together it's it's so much fun it's just i say it's probably one of the best mcu origin movies yes um which is impressive considering that this is i think the 25th film or right around the 25th film at this point which is pretty nuts so they were that far in and it's that good is amazing like it seemingly is incredible super charismatic super fun Mm -hmm. um great bands with aquafina and then this movie in particular really addresses the the marvel villain problem if you want to call it that and uh tony leung's villain is probably one of the best we've had oh yeah he is the, amazing yeah he's so cool he 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 is also just you can't take your eyes off him whenever he's on screen and he's so compelling all the way through and you understand why he's doing what he's doing even if you don't agree with his choices um it's like great villain great fight choreography it had to be. Yeah. It is the best we've seen. Oh, absolutely. And and if, you know, if if you're not necessarily the biggest fan of, say, like, the Winter Soldier fight choreography from Black Widow, which is kind of that Bourne style, like, quick cut, really close up sort of thing, this is very much the opposite of that. This is, let's set the camera back, let's hold the shot, let's really show the beauty and the choreography around these sequences and not just have it be super choppy all the time. Yeah, I mean, it, it is truly a dance. It is, yeah. And the opening. The opening is probably one of the best, like, prologues. Yeah, the, the 40 fighting. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, I I loved this. Absolutely loved it. I want to go see it again. I, I have seen it twice now. Okay. It's definitely worth a rewatch. Okay, it's yeah. It's just as much fun round two. Yeah, I, I super, super impressed. I think, we, we didn't really talk about Black Widow, I think, too much on the show. I think... No, I think, yeah, we kind of just... Because I think we both watched it a little late. Yeah, I think we we're both also kind of underwhelmed by it. You know, I, I think, I think Black Widow, that exact same movie you put out in 2017, and it's one that people really love. But given how uh, her story resolves itself in Endgame, this just felt like a little bit too little, too late. And so I, I was literally having a conversation with a friend about that last mm-hmm. night because he's doing the chronological order, yeah, movies, mm-hmm. and I think. Two or three years from now, <clears throat> when everyone starts their grand rewatch again for whatever next big event is about to happen, yeah, I think people are going to come back on Black Widow with such nicer words to say about it because yeah. they can put it where it's supposed to be. And, and that's exactly it. You know, I, I think when I, you take away the veil of the like of that, because that's kind of the single complaint I hear from most people is like it yeah. just came out too late. It did, and and that I think that one doesn't have great villains necessarily, but there's another stuff going. There's other stuff going for it that is good. But yeah, like, look, I, I am a steadfast release order person. Like, may, like maybe something like Star Wars, I'll be like, you know what? Let's just go ahead and do a chronological version, fine. But like, other than that, I, like, I am very much like, you always watch in release order. 
Black Widow is the one exception I would make. Like, if I would always tell people, watch the MCU in release order. It makes way more sense. However, watch Black Widow. I'd say immediately after Savor. I think you go Savor, same, straight into Black Widow. So my question is, because this is the this is like the question that a lot of people brought up, and I think it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you show them the post credit scene where she's dead? Yes. Okay. I think you still include that, and I mean, if, I, I guess if you're watching it for the first time, you're like, wait, what? What does this mean? It'll get answers a few movies down. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like most people going in will probably know that already, even if they hadn't seen it. But well, I think even if you're doing a rewatch, I'd say that's the one you. Yeah, you, absolutely. You, you put in there. Um, yeah, but I mean, I guess the, I, I bring up Black Widow as to, to highlight a contrast between that and Shang-Chi, which for me, this feels the most, it reminded me the most of Doctor Strange, just in terms of it felt very much its own thing, not beholden to a larger MCU canon, its own distinct style. It has just enough connective tissue to feel part of the universe without feeling bogged down by that universe. Um. You know, I've I've seen some people compare it to Black Panther, um, which I think is, and specifically because you know they both deal a lot with family. I think that's an oversimplification, and and I think it's a minimization to say it's like oh, it's just like Black Panther. I also think I just don't understand the people who say that all these movies are the exact same. I just don't. No, I mean this is this is a martial arts film first. Yeah, yeah, and that is incredible. It is, you know, and and I think I think it does a really good job of also acknowledging maybe like some mistakes without going to specifics, um, some mistakes of the MCU's past in a way that actually feels like it's adding something to that story and doing something generative. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you talking about some metal handed Netflix character? Iron Fist. Oh no, (laughs) no, no, no. I was like, what? No, no. I, I am, I am referring to uh, a, a, a reappearance of a character. Yes. And how they handle that character now, I think is really, really well done. I, I don't, I don't want to get into specifics because we're, I want to avoid spoilers on this one. Um, but I think that, that, that there's a lot of, I'll just say that's really well. They handle that piece really, really well. Yeah. And, and I think kind of a, a template, generally speaking, going forward for how to acknowledge um, mistakes of the past. Yes. So yeah, it's great guys. Go see it. It's so good. Um, and I, I've heard this from some people. This is the last thing I'll say about yeah. it. I feel like a lot of people, especially after the past two years are a little burnt out on Aquafina, mm-hmm. which is like, I, I see it cause she's a very big personality. Yeah. This is perfect Aquafina. I agree. I think she's in it. The perfect amount. She has like just the right level of quip. Yeah. She has purpose in the movie uh she's fantastic in this yeah I, I i agree with you i i really like aquafina um i i don't get aquafina fatigue but i i can understand why some people do i think in contrast to say like maybe crazy rich asians or even um raya mm-hmm. i feel like in those movies maybe the filmmakers end up having to like lean on her to bring in some of that fun and energy here the movie's doing enough of that it doesn't need her so when they utilize her and her comedic talent which is incredible it's really well done yeah it's not like the movie had to go like oh fuck we got to put her at the forefront to try and make this movie super fun they're just like oh well no she has a very specific role she's gonna play and she's gonna be fun and she's gonna be fun but everyone else has a chance to do that as well right so yeah which i yeah like you brought up raya i think yeah i think 
she wasn't able to i think yeah like you said there's too much leaning onto her and, yeah. and raya yeah it's not happening here mm-hmm. but, but also her and simu also just have great chemistry they do movie. they do they have, they have such great banter back and forth between the two of them it's ah i i love this 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 is probably one of my favorites in in a while this is this is one where i came out of it not being like okay this is good and i'll probably appreciate more down the line i came out of it like yes i loved this mm-hmm. yeah watch it again it's so much i do I, i'm gonna go see it again yeah i want to go see it again so um, but yeah, so go uh, go check that out, and then I don't know, maybe listen to the X-ray vision episode on yeah. it. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you want a deeper dive from a professional, that's if you, not us. If, yeah, if you want a real proper deep dive on someone who actually knows what they're talking about, and uh, you know, it, it, I, I would love to see those those download numbers keep going up, guys. Thank you very much. There you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you. Uh, but all right, I think that does it for us. We did it this week. We Season did it. Season one. Season done. one done. So now we'll be heading into JLU season two. Our first episode will be covering the cat and the canary and the ties that bind. Yes. I do not remember anything about the ties that bind, but I do remember the cat and the canary and I'm very much looking forward to it. Oh, it's that episode. Through okay. that episode. No, I was, I was looking at the, the ties that bind. Okay. Uh, cause it, is it a two partner in one episode? Cause there's two titles connected to it. What? Is the ties that bind, comma, miracles happen. Oh, I guess. Oh, oh, because it's Mr. Miracle. It's all, oh, it's the backstory of all oh, the backstory of Scott Free. Mm-hmm. Best. We've talked about this before. Best name. The best character name yeah. ever. <laughs> uh, rivaling War and Peace from Sky High. Rivaling that. And the, the other one I, I discovered recently, because um, there's this rumor that we're going to get like a potentially a, a Marvel werewolf by night halloween special down the line yeah and and i discovered recently that a version of that character's name is jack russell that's good it's pretty damn good that's really good it's pretty damn good so, uh yeah but yeah I've, that's right i forgot that was a scott free episode super excited about that but yeah so that will be our next episode uh but until then if you want to reach us you can find us at tim talk pod on facebook twitter instagram and Gmail, yes, 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 yes. Gmail itself. Uh, you can find me at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. Uh, if you want to see my art, you can find that at Cameron.Dexter. If you want to see my face, now that I'm back at Disneyland every weekend, mm-hmm. you can find that at CamDexter underscore Adventures. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. We will be back. Most likely next week. Most likely. I'm just going to say soon. Soon. <laughs> soon. <laughs> Keep it safe. Keep it broad. The intent is always to be back next week, but you know what? Sometimes shit happens. Uh, For all I know, I'm about to get arrested for killing my future self. So we shall see what happens with that. Would it be suicide? That's, I don't know. Is that suicide? Is it homicide? Is it masturbation or is it sex? That I'm not not going to (laughs) answer. But until then, thanks everybody. Thanks guys. Bye. Fuck. It's been two weeks. I have to try to remember how to do this now. Beautiful. Just as off key as always. <laughs> 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 <laughs>